Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Lightning. And today we're going to be talking about Merchant's Cove and giving our top five variable player, variable power player powers games. So we would like to welcome you to episode number 79. Hey! All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean, and he's like in a tuxedo. He's got his top hat on again. He's got his shoes shined. Monocle? Yeah. Why? Are you asking me why? Yeah, I'm asking you asking why. The, why are you dressed like that? The people of Mepletown. Why are you talking like that at the beginning of our episode? That's why you're dressed like that. I'll that's tell you right now. I, that's how I talk, John. No, you were like, welcome to episode 80. And then that was the wrong. They wanted to go back and record it. <laughs> people didn't know that. Welcome you just to episode that. 79. It's a little different. Instead of a little bit like you were before, a little, not a lot, but like light rock, you know, like, hey, welcome to, you know, you're like a little bit peppy. Uh-huh. And this time you're like, you know, you're kind of, I don't know. Not enough. A little classical. Here's, here's the thing. A little classical style. I've been trying to change it up the last few episodes. Just, you know, shake things up. That's what we, that's what we want to do. I started to say that we will not feature any twerk talk in this episode, but I honestly, I can't guarantee that. John is a loose cannon, and you don't know what's going to come out of there. That is what happens when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> what? What? You probably, the twerking? You probably need to take that or out. The... <laughs> oh, if John tells me that I need to take something out of the episode, he's gone too far. <laughs> is that right? Do I need to take that out? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even want to ask. Can we move on and not discuss that any further? Well, let's just discuss before I say the Johnny Lightning thing that one of our buddies, Steven, shout out to the burf, said that he listened to that twerking bit <laughs> like 20 times. <laughs> I haven't even listened to it. It probably wasn't even funny. I did listen to it. It wasn't as funny as what I thought another part of the episode was towards the beginning. And I don't remember what that was now, but I, I laughed. But, it, you know, the things that he I laughed He came up about, to me this week and said, hey, I just want to let you know that. And I was like, Interesting. Steve O'Rourke said that he thought that we missed a good opportunity. In particular, you missed a good opportunity to talk about wow. Swerker placement. Well, that's that's accurate. Yeah, that was a that was a money line, and we missed it. Jay Bell, who is a game designer, had mentioned that he might be working on a new game in that realm. So really, I think you need credits in in the rule book. A game and, about twerking of sorts. Uh, hey, I think I would be down for that. I would not. I actually told them this is a game that I will not play. It's like whenever I'm at the hookah bar and people start twerking on you. That happened to one of my buddies. <laughs> I was he like, was, is this something? One of my buddies was at the hookah bar and he's like, he came back and he said, John, I was smoking at the hookah bar and I felt a bottom bouncing on my back. <laughs> he was like, what's happening to me right now? What? What? I'm serious. Okay. I'm dead serious. Things like that. It was Sean. Thankfully, you know, you know. <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> Our buddy Sean is an uh, interesting guy, and he has things that happen to him all the time. Like you're like, that doesn't happen to a person, but yeah. it does. Like he has a story. He was an Israeli tour guide where he was crawling like into her school, and he's crawling through these things. And needless to say, he ended up. Totally pantsless, completely nude. Why? Yep. I, that's a whole story. 
Well, and you're his, just going to leave it his at His pants that? got caught on a pebble when he was trying to crawl out. <laughs> what? I'm dead serious. His his pants got caught, you know, where you're uh, on his belt on a, like a pebble thing, and you're crawling out, and as you crawl out, you have to put your hands down because it's like several feet down. Okay. And you're crawling out of this tunnel, and he said his hand got, his pants got caught, and he's like, I don't know what to do, and his belt started coming undone and all this stuff and he's like i can't move and the reason that he couldn't do anything was because 20 people were behind him 20 people were yeah and he was now in the front there were he was like right in the middle of it and they're having people leaving out and he's like holding up the line well a normal person would say hey everyone we need to back up or do something let's figure this out because my pants are going to come off well he sean just doesn't think like that he's just like what are we gonna do what am i gonna do a little little panic and his yeah and he's like okay okay whatever i'll come out i'm just gonna come out in my boxers because it's gonna you know, whatever. And his pants came off literally. And then his, the fly part of his boxers got caught on the same pebble. Oh my goodness. I'm not making this up. This is 100% true. It's so true. It's verified by other Israeli tour guides. <laughs> the guy has this, in the internet. The guy is like, Hey, like it gets it, like, he's like, I, I don't know what to do now. Cause now my, you know, my boxers are caught on here, but then he just kind of goes for it. And he ends up in the floor pantless. Oh, man. And everyone knows that he's not Jewish. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's a true story. That's, that's a perfect line. Like, it's a perfect story for him to tell. And it's true. But, like, that's 100% accurate. So that guy was the guy that was at the hookah bar and a bottom was bumping on his shoulders. That's so weird. So my wife and I were just talking about how we're not necessarily the people where stories like that happen to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you're not that person, you, you have a hint of wanting to be that person. But then you hear stories like that, and I'm like, I don't want that to happen. I just want, like, crazy things to happen around me, not necessarily to me, but so, just so that I have good stories. He's one of my best friends, and I've seen crazy things happen. It's always a better story, generally, than whenever it's happening. When it's happening, there's always, usually a lot of awkwardness and stuff like that. And then later on, you're like, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. But sometimes it's really funny in the moment. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, we do talk about board games on this podcast. Do you want to real quickly before we go to our poll? You know, you know why I'm Johnny Lightning? I do, actually. Yeah, tell I had it. a friend that got struck by lightning. That's crazy. This past week. Yeah. I don't know the whole story, honestly. I just saw it. This is a friend from high school. It's actually a segue to what we were just talking about, crazy things happening. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pretty crazy thing that's, that's happened. She's okay, uh, as far as I know, at this point. And, and, but anyway, just it looked like she was getting out of her car. Lightning struck like right next to her. It didn't strike her directly. I don't know if you can survive that, but it yeah, struck, you can. Like, I think you can. Right, like striking Could you. Be wrong. Yeah, sure. I have a really serious question about this. Okay. What superpowers does she have now? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. That's gonna take some time to to for the dust to, to see settle. what happens, literally and figuratively, for the dust to settle to see what's gonna happen. Wow, man, that story is electric. There we go. Ayo. What what power would you expect by getting struck by lightning? I would like to shoot lightning out of my eyes. Out of your eyes? Out of all the places? Out yeah. Of your eyes. I, I mean, I guess if you had it like on your hand or like with a finger or whatever, would be you could direct the power easier under the table. You could shoot somebody. But out of your eyes would be like, you, it'd be pretty intimidating if I could just look at you and be like. That is true. <laughs> I would want it to come out of my fingertip. My, like your, I probably would choose my fingertip your pointer if it finger, were really up to me. But the only way to make it work is if you do like the, the thumb trigger thing, you know? Yeah. And then it makes the pew sound when it comes out. That's the, that's what I want. There you go. But it's not too strong lightning. It's just like, ooh, you know like when you get shot? Yeah. 
Like static electricity kind of thing. So if your kids are like acting up, you can be like, hey, hey, Oliver. Nope. Chill pew. it out. Not oh. Pew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it just kind of startles him a little. It doesn't yeah. actually hurt him. Oh, I don't want to hurt people. Yeah. No, I know you don't. Yeah. It's pretty harsh. Could you start fires with that? Because that would be useful. Yeah, sure. Sure you could. You couldn't jumpstart a car. It's not strong enough for that. I would want it to be really strong and like I could probably hurt somebody. Yeah. I could start my grill. I don't want to hurt somebody, but I want it to be powerful enough to where I could actually do something like that. Oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, if I want to st- yeah, start a fire, something. Look, kids, I don't want to hurt you, but I will because I can. If I need to jumpstart my car, I just stick my finger on the positive terminal. Mm-hmm. And poof, yep. Is that the sound yours makes? <laughs> All righty. Let's uh, do a poll. All right. Hey, before we do that, John, sorry, I know that you want to do this. Yeah. I know that you want to jump into the serial bracket thing that you've been doing. You're I, so excited about it. I do. I, I love tournaments. <laughs> I get jazzed. I'm jacked, baby. We can do a tournament on the best type of nail, and I'm going to get excited about it. I'll be real fast. I just want to say a few things that we, we want to make sure that we say these things every once in a while so that people who are new to the show know what's going on. So three things I wanted to point out. One is Patreon. So we do have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash meepletown. That's, that's correct. Yeah. And uh, you can support us that way. We really appreciate that. We're actually, you know, we've been... Gaining some steam on there to an extent, and I just wanted to make sure that people knew about that if they do want to support that way. And if not, then that's fine too, but the option is available. Number two, we like reviews, and I like funny reviews, to be honest with you. I like being able to read some funny reviews on here. We had a review the other day, though. That was good. Uh, Is that right? It's been a while. We have, yeah, we talked about it on one podcast, but we haven't been having a whole lot. Basically... Our podcast is terrible. No one wants to. <laughs> we did have Dean did have to message his buddy, our buddy. He's more your buddy. I I love I like Robert, but I, you guys have been friends for a long time. He gave us a one star. He gave us a one star review because Dean until Dean puts on um, skinny jeans. So not gonna happen. Not gonna wear some skinny jeans, or if you wear Crocs, either or. I think it was the. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think... I could wear a pair of Crocs, I guess. Maybe that was talk on the internet. Maybe that wasn't actually part of the review, but that was that was one of the things that was said. Well, I was hanging out with... Um, I'm trying to see if he if he's changed it, because Dean did request that he would change it. Remember that, Dean? Yeah, I said when he gets back from vacation. He was, he was gone on a family trip. I'll actually see him in a few days, I think, so I will make sure... He's not even a board game guy. He has nope, no... he changed it to five. Okay. So we're back. We're back to 4.9. Here's the thing. I appreciate the five. I'd be real surprised if he actually feels that we're a five since I'd be surprised if he listens to us. You think he does? He likes board games, but he's not like... Yeah, he's not super excited. He's not super jazzed about it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, what's the third thing? The third... Oh, man. You forgot. (laughs) I sure did. I sure did forget about the third thing. One of the third things is that you can get involved in our Mapletown Guild... Uh, I just want to encourage people to, to if you feel so inclined, if you have a topic that you want to talk about in the guild, just go, go ahead for it. And, just go ahead and do it. Start up conversation. Uh, that's something that I really like getting involved in. I'll just be honest. It's something that I don't always think about starting a conversation in there, and I yeah. want to be able to do that. So, and oh, I know what the third thing was. So three B would be to send questions. If you have any questions, you can send them oh, to yeah. MeepletownMail at gmail.com, and we will answer those on the show. And yeah, we, we, uh, we need some more questions. I want to, I want to know what people are thinking. 
Just to know that people care. That's what I really want. There it is. It shows me that people care. Word. Well. Poll time. Well. All right. So if you have been listening to our podcast, you would know that we are doing a serial tournament. This is the... I have two groups of four right now. So Dean's going to have two to respond to. And then after that, we'll be down to our final four. Okay? Our final four. We do that every time, I think. You started every That's time. That's got to be annoying, listening to that. I try right. to do that as annoying as possible. It's the final countdown. All right. All right. So this week it is Cinnamon Toast Crunch versus Honey Combs versus Golden Grams versus Cocoa Puffs. Ooh, that is a tough one, I think. I think people... I have some friends that are big Cinnamon Toast Crunch fans. You're you're one of them. Did you mm-hmm. vote on this? Yes, I voted on both of these polls. Okay, then this that's one Multiple vote. times. I did not vote. I actually didn't even see these. I'm trying to stay away from them so I don't have any... I didn't vote multiple times, but... Uh, you haven't voted at all on these? No. Good, because I need you to break a tie. Oh, okay. On this one? Not on this oh, one. Oh, man. I could totally break a tie on this one. What do you think is my favorite out of this one, John? Can you do your guess and then we'll talk about it? Like this, ha- we have this conversation every time. <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my guess. Fifty-two point five percent. Wow. Next closest was seventeen point five. Absolutely blew everyone out of the water. I think that is the largest margin of victory that we've had yet. I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch. My choice would be probably number three on there. I think number two is Cocoa Puffs. You didn't let me guess. Uh, cocoa. Okay, so it actually was a tie between Cocoa Puffs and Golden Grams. Okay, and then Honeycombs was last. Now that is with a big help from the Guild. Uh, we got almost four point eight percent on uh, the Twitters voted Cocoa Puffs. Okay, but on the Guild, it was barely less than Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Interesting. Yeah, so Cinnamon Toast Crunch was one, but it didn't win by a lot. But on, you know, the Twitters, Cinema Toast Crunch was a landslide. It was 66.7% total. I've always said that our guild members are more sophisticated than Twitter. I agree. And this is this is more proof of that, I think. Yeah, I, I, mine was Cinema. I'm, I'm Cinema Toast Crunch guy. You know what I'm saying? What is my favorite? Did, did I say that already? Yeah, no. you asked me and then you told me. Okay. You said, I want you to guess. And I said, well, why don't you do your thing? And then you said... <laughs> And Golden Grams is my favorite out of these. What is most likely to be found? Golden in- Grams is just not as good as Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It is the poor man's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Hey, I got a question you for you. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? It's just a little different. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Okay. Just wanted to say I, it. I don't agree with it, and I think it's arrogant. You heard what I said. <laughs> Somebody yesterday <laughs> said they were talking about old people. I work with college students, and one of my students said he was talking about old people are this way. And the way that he defined them are people who, who eat graham crackers and drink water and i was like i do both of those things isn't that what young people do like i mean it's a thing to do right but then they were like oh you like graham crackers and i was like yeah and they were like do you like plain graham crackers or like honey graham crackers and i was like honey i don't even know the difference is there what is a plain graham cracker it's just i mean it's just a plain it doesn't have the honey extra honey flavored okay i was like i don't i don't know i I like graham crackers and peanut butter I do too. I can eat that. I, I eat. like the cinnamon, cinnamon and sugar graham crackers. It's been a long time. Yeah, since I've those had are that. good, but bad for me. Oh yeah. 
What is the cereal out of those four most likely to be found in the Dunning cupboard? Pantry. Cocoa Puffs. Nope. What? Honeycomb. I thought about My saying wife that. loves honeycombs. Really? We get the giant boxes of them. Because, like, you know, you have one bowl of that and it's done with honeycombs because they're so big. There's a lot of air in that box. Yeah, that's true. Poll number two. Number two is... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was, I, do people like commentary on cereal? <laughs> this much commentary? I know everyone. All the p- new people are like, "You guys are supposed to talk about board games, and we're talking about like superpowers." But board game people like superpowers generally. Do they like cereal? There's a good chance. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So I think we're talking about relatable topics, and then we will get to board games in very soon. Reese's Puffs, Cookie Crisp, mm-hmm. Fruity Pebbles. Ooh. Apple Jacks. Ooh, okay. What's lo- most likely to be found in my cupboard? <laughs> there is a tie here. <laughs> oh, this is you tie may, for number one. I'm going to help you out right now. Okay. Uh, Fruity Pebbles is number one. Okay. Tied with, what was the first one you said again? Reese's Puffs. Not that one. Not Cookie Crisp. Cookie Crisp. Apple Jacks and Fruity Pebbles are tied for number one. That's correct. Okay. But so is Reese's Puffs. What? It is a first ever three-way tie. That's crazy talk. We've never had a three-way tie. Now, we have had less votes on this this one than we have on some of the other ones. But, yeah, so I'm thinking that people weren't as passionate. Now, on Twitter, which one? Oh. It was They're an not easy classy win on, on Twitter. Twitter. I'm going to say Cookie Crisp probably. <laughs> no one voted for Cookie Crisp on Twitter. I think it's probably Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles was yeah. 53%. So... It's a three-way tie between those three and Dean Dunning. You get to break it. Fruity Pebbles. I think that was. I think that's probably the more popular choice. Overall, like if all the internet was polled, I think so. I would agree with that. I think. I think that was the way we should have broken that tie. I. It's used probably to my like favorite Reese's out of those Puffs two. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I was a child, but I don't think I would see myself doing that much now. And I. I. Th- I don't love Apple Jacks, but they're in our house a lot too. Up there with honeycomb. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not super jacked about any of these. It's been a minute since I had fruity pebbles. I used to tear some fruity pebbles up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it. So they don't I, last very long either. That's the thing. Off the top of my head, I'm gonna make sure I don't get this wrong. Fruity pebbles, cinnamon toast crunch. Those are gonna go into the final four, and it was definitely Cheerios. And I'm trying to remember based on Twitter versus I didn't have it written down. Was it Lucky Charms, I think, that won? There was Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, Raisin Brand, and Honey Bunches of Oats. Ooh, I don't remember that one. I don't remember Let's go either. back and, and look at it that It was one. either Lucky Charms or Frosted Flake, I, fr- Flakes, I think. Don't you? I guess so. I know you like Raisin People Brand. People like their sugary cereals, don't regular. they? Yep. <laughs> hey, you know what we should do? This will be super exciting. If you like this poll... We should do an 80s cereal poll. Huh? Yeah. I'm taking a drink of coffee, sorry. 80s cereal poll. Okay. I, I think we should do that. There's some really good 80s cereals yeah, that we don't have anymore. People are tired of our poll. That's what I think happens is like at the beginning, people get really excited about the tourney. And then like- You think they get really excited? It, maybe not. I do. <laughs> but as it progresses, we oftentimes get less and less votes until we get to the next round and then we get a lot more votes popping back up. Okay. But I do think people are like, okay, I'm done with this. That was like that's our culture. Like, yeah, it was fun for like a day. Now, what's next? 
you think that it's a good idea. It's just the problem of the people responding. Yeah. It's the people's Everyone's, fault. Everyone's, it's their faults. Maybe we should okay. start a, a podcast that's all about polls and we just poll people and talk about their responses. Yeah, let's start another podcast idea. Oh, like, yeah. Sorry. Like the other 30 one. 30 minutes that we, to nowhere. <laughs> that was good. We were going to do that again. Yep. Can we talk about board games? This is what we talk about in this podcast. Yes, sir. All right. What have you been playing lately? When I edit the podcast, I think we're typically around the 19 mark, 19 minute mark of nonsense before we get to board games. We're consistent. Right now, it's showing 20 minutes into the episode, which probably will get narrowed down to about 19. Which is our new slogan, sensible board game nonsense. That's right. Of course, it wasn't really board game nonsense, but... Sensible, just nonsense. Not even really sensible, just nonsense. Oh, it is sensible. It's classy. QE is what I'm going to talk about. Dean has been talking about this QE game that I've never played since he played it at a game night and is totally convinced that I'm going to be blown away by it. You will be. Q period, E period, which is a Gavin Birnbaum design. And this is from lots of different publishers i'm not sure who the original one is this is a simple it's not a roll and write it's just a write i don't know how else to explain that you just write stuff down i'm almost like tempted to buy it because of how convinced you are that i'm gonna like it you will love this game okay let right, uh, me sell you on it i've kind of talked to you about it a little bit a little gonna... i have an idea of what it is but there's still some missing pieces okay so you have everyone has their own country board okay, okay. so you might be china japan u.s or England, I think, are, are what they are. I think that's right. And you are going to be flipping over these little coasters. Everything is like a whiteboard, and you're writing it down with these dry erase markers. I'm looking okay. at the pictures now as you talk. So you flip a coaster over, and that's going to show what country that's connected to. Okay. It's going to show victory point number, one through four, I believe. I played this at four players, by the way. So there might be different rules. I've only played this once. This is just my first thoughts on it. It has victory points, it has the country it's connected to, and then it has a symbol on there. There's going to be four of each tile in the stack. And what's going to happen is, if I'm the first player to flip this over, I'm going to set the bid, okay? Okay. And here's the thing, John. There's no money in this game, so I can set the bid. It's at like you're printing money. Whatever I want. I can set the bid at $1. I can set the bid at $0.50. Cents. I can set it at a billion dollars if I want to. Okay. Or more. You get the idea. Oh, I, I get it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to set that bid. Then everybody goes around. They're going to silently write the bid down, okay? They're going to write it down. Then they're going to hand them to me. If you write a zero down, you once a round, which a round is once everyone gets to be the person that, that sets the bid. Once a round, you can write zero down on there, and then you will get uh, a two-point bonus at the end of the game. So most every round, you're going to do that just so you can get some extra points because you're not going to score a ton of points in this, okay? Okay. Then I'll look at them, and whoever has the highest bid, I'm going to secretly give it back to them. So the only thing you know is that somebody bid higher than what you did, okay. and somebody bid higher than what the bid was set at. And that's all you know. Okay? Then you're going to go around so the table. So Dean sets the bid at 1000 mm-hmm. and it gets slid back over to Amanda, mm-hmm. and I just know that she bid more than 1000 That's right. And more than me. And more than you. Because if I bid $50,000, i am like, well, she must have bid more than fifty. That's right. Got it. That's right. Okay. okay. So then... You're going to go around that throughout the whole game. And the person who bid the most amount of money is going to automatically lose the game. Okay? So that's what sets that price from going crazy, obviously. You don't want to lose the game. But 
if you don't lose the game, then whoever has the most points is going to be the winner. And you figure that out from the coaster that has the victory points. If you bid on and won your own country's coaster, mm-hmm. and again, there's four of those, you'll get bonus points for doing that. You'll get bonus points for having sets of the symbols on there or having the um, the same symbol multiple times. You'll get bonuses for all those things. And I might be missing something in there. But it's it's really simple my goodness, we had a blast with this game. I thought it was a ton of fun. I don't know, like, long-term if it's one that I'm going to play, like, 100 times. But in that moment, I was like, this game is fantastic. Lots of fun. I am sold. Yeah? Do you want to buy it for me? No, it's an expensive <laughs> game. For what it is, and, and maybe I'm just finding it, I don't know, I might pick it up. It's hard to find. 30, 35, 40 bucks is what you can find this at. But, but it's also not super easy to find either. I don't think. Well, it's on Amazon, I guess. Hmm. But anyway, I had a blast with this. I think everyone at the table really enjoyed it as well. Jonathan's one who taught it to us. He had, he owned it. Uh, I don't know if there was like a Kickstarter and he Kickstarted or what it was. This is actually a 2019 game. And I had vaguely heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. Did Jonathan like it? Oh, he loves it. Yeah. I think he likes it quite a bit. That's yeah. QE. Yeah. My wife doesn't generally like like bidding games and stuff like that, but... I've been surprised that I think she's warmed up to Skull, which is like a bluffing game, and she doesn't like that generally. So that is interesting. You can only play this one up to five players, which, you know, might be... So it has party vibes, but not as many players as some of the other games. That's right. That's right. And it plays... It says 45 minutes on here. I think you can probably play it less than that. If everyone knows what they're doing, you should be able to play it in somewhere between 30 and 45, I think. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I I think that's, that's pretty accurate. All right. Are you gonna Are you gonna buy it? Ah, mm. If you do, let me know because maybe I'll buy some. I might. I might. I'm trying not to buy any games right now. You know what? I have a lot of games. I have a lot of games, and we, you know wow, we, that sounded we, really braggy. We've talked about. <laughs> we've talked about the. No, no, it's definitely not. I know it's not at all. Yeah, uh, we talked about doing the Meeple Town Con. And we still really want to do that. And because of that, I'm holding on to these games that I might normally and COVID sell. COVID has obviously jacked that up. That's right. That's right. And so I want those games to potentially go to our library. But oh, I've got a lot of games that I could sell right now if we didn't have that. Yeah. So I'm going to sell them to Meeple Town Con. Can Meeple Town keep... afford that for me to sell them those games? Do we have the budget for that? <laughs> That'd be cool. Probably not. All right. Nope. What you been playing? Well... <laughs> You know, every game that I've been playing lately has been games we've talked about. Like, I have played the crud out of Skull, like I talked about last week, just because I've been, like, in scenarios where I don't have a lot of table space. And the people that I've been engaging with, like Justin, has been, like, wanting to play it with other people because he really likes the game. It's fun, it's quick, it's snappy, it's peppy. I did, however, the other night um, play El Grande again. Because Dean and I, this will be kind of a, a promotion for our, we're about to start doing our top fifty of all time, again next episode. I just said oh, it. I don't think we're ready for it yet. What are we gonna do? It'll next come up ep- soon. I can't. What remember. are we gonna do next episode on? Probably top fifty. <laughs> There's a couple games I still want to play before we do it. I know. One of them might be on the list. Are the top five of yeah. us today? Yeah. Um, but you know, I got to play El Grande four players after Dean crushed us the last time I played the game. Guess what happened this time? You crushed them. I got crushed again. <laughs> I stink at this game, I think. Actually, I don't. I don't know. But I, my wife just whipped us. Like, um, and El Grande, if you don't know what it is, 
It's been around for a long time, since the '90s. We reviewed it on here. No, 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 no. no, we, no we just talked about it. But I'll just briefly. It's just it's an area control or area majority game, and the really intriguing parts of it are like you're going to be bidding on with cards that you can only use one time in the game, basically, and whoever wins that bid gets to pick first from a set of five cards. But what's interesting is, generally speaking, oftentimes, not always, but the more powerful cards that you pick, and it just has rant, like different things that you can do. It can manipulate workers on the board. It can do a scoring for territories that are like worth five value. But usually the ones that are like kind of more powerful let you put less workers out on the map. And those that are less powerful let you put more workers out on the map depending on situationally in the game. But um, it's a really interesting piece to that, isn't it? And I just think that's really brilliant. Like The game is brilliant. Yeah, it's just a really elegant, brilliant game. And I'll just say that Justin's wife, who plays um, some games, but mostly like Carcassonne and, and games like that, so definitely not a, I wouldn't even say a medium weight at all player, and not even a ton of a board game player, she picked it right up and cheated better than me. Go figure. Did do did people have an issue with the meanness of the game at all? At first, people were a little because Wendy is very not mean, and like in fact, the first mean moves she did were towards her husband and not towards me and okay. Larissa. But as the game progressed, and you know, you punch me in the face, I'm going to punch you back. I kept telling them like, please play me, like just go for it. Yeah, and they we everyone embraced it finally. But what happened in this game, and this is this is a this is El Grande. I don't think there's any way around this unless like some of the expansions fix it that I've never played. There's a runaway winner that's going to be really hard to beat unless, what you should do, you gang up on him. And I tried. My wife had a huge lead off the bat. And I kept saying, gang up on her, gang up on her, gang up on her. And everyone just kept being selfish, like going for their own moves. You, you were know? just being mean for the sake of being I'm just being, being real. Like, and she, had, she said it. Like, like, I was just like, hey, we need to beat her or we will lose. And then people would take these kind of moves. We're like, oh, I'm going to score my section. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you got two more points than her right now. But she's still she's up 30 points on you. Like, you're yeah. never going to win by chipping away like that. We need to destroy her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just serious. Yeah. It's, it is one of those and games crush your that spirit. you... <laughs> You really do need to to not just look out for number one, which is hard for me to do in games, honestly. Yeah. I'm all about taking care of myself. I'm going to get mines kind of thing. I, you I'm need not, to form alliances and stuff you in do. that game. You really do. Yeah. And I, and I think this this – I don't think it's a runaway leader problem in this game. I just think that there is a – I don't think it's a problem No, either. no, no. I don't think so. You just have to know it well enough to know – if we let somebody get out of control, like when I taught you all, I was the only one that had played that. Uh, one other person had played the game, but I played it more yep. and even more recently too. It's one of those games that if you if you play if you're playing it for the first time, you need to know you're going to have to do that exact thing, yep. right? You're going to have to gang up on the leader, otherwise they're just going to they're going to it's going to get out of control. And I played it two player last night, and by the third round, I was beating her so bad, I was like, Let's, "There's no reason for us to finish this game." It was like a thirty something point lead. I've not played it two player, and it wasn't that great. Yeah, most was, most area control games yeah, are. It was. Too. It was. I mean, like it was okay, but like the, I feel like in that situation, there's literally, barring me making the most buffoon bonehead decision, there's literally nothing. Actually, and and the first at the end of the first round, I was up by thirty points. 
Oh, and wow. I was, I mean, the first scoring, and I was like, I told her, I was like, if you want to quit right now, we can. Like, she's like, no, I'll give it a try. And then I was up by even more the next time because I just yeah. had the space and I was controlling it. And and you don't have other people to like knock that to gang up and take you don't. That That's what down. that was yeah. why I said that it was like yeah yeah. But anyways, yeah. That so was, I probably won't be playing it two player. This is one that I think my you know the mancation group that I have every May. This is one that I know that they would absolutely love. And you've but never here's my problem. Them. I don't take it because the box is so giant. I have the big box version. I don't even want the big box version. I'm going to keep it for those of you who are going to reach out to me and say, I'll trade you for <laughs> you. <laughs> but I actually preferred to get just the base game because I've never played with any of the expansion stuff. Have I? Maybe one of the small expansions, but it doesn't warrant having such a big box for the stuff that you get in there for sure. But anyway, I love this game. That is... It super holds up. El Grande, Spanish for the Grande. Ah, Do you know that was I coming? see what you're doing there. El Nino. Well, you just kind of ruined by saying that. Did I? Spanish for the Nino. I want people to just, know it's that's really what fun it's... To say. I want people to know that's what it came from, and that I'm not being I think in, the, insensitive to other cultures. Oh. You're, you're really <laughs> concerned about that. You always are. I love people, John. Bobby... What's his last name? Newport. Bobby Newport. <laughs> Let's talk about Merchant's Cove. Arr, it's Merchant Cove time. Oh Are we pirates? I, I was. You were thinking about pirates. I'm thinking about Johnny Pack. Okay. The Pac Man. I wonder if people call him that. Uh, I'm sure they do, right? Yeah, you almost have to. Johnny, right? if you're listening to this, you got to let us know. Do people call you regularly? I'm sure someone's called, you know, someone's got something they say about somebody's name. My last name is McPeters. I've had all kinds of things said about my name. Are you regularly called the Pac-Man? Merchant's Cove is by <laughs> Johnny Pack, Carl Van Ostrand, and Drake Villarreal. And this is art by the Miko. Art is... Fantastic. Pretty stunning in this game. Oh, wait, we, sure. did, we didn't start. We didn't get to that part yet. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Final Frontier Games is the publisher for this one. This is an asynchronous Final game. Countdown. So everyone plays with their own faction and they all play very differently, which is why my overview is not going to be. I'm going to say it's not going to be super long or detailed, but you know it is. Oh let's, let's just be real right now. Oh, man. All right. So the idea in this game is that you have a bunch of people, okay? They're coming They're coming into your port, and they want to buy goods, but the goods that they want to buy need to match up with who they are, right? So if I'm going to sell to a... If I'm going to sell to a warrior, what does a warrior want? Uh, Things that match the red color, right? That's it. That's <laughs> warriors always... Red and warriors go hand in hand in like every board game. That's right. Maybe not every, but in a lot. So you have all of these four different colors that come into the port. You're going to sell to them. The goods that you create have to match the color that they are. And so basically what you're going to do is we're going to go around this clock, and that clock is going to determine how long the round is going to be and going to determine when you put meeples out and all that. But basically what's going to happen is I'll take an action that's going to be worth one or two time, and then... If I'm in last place, I will continue to move along that clock, doing whatever actions that I might take. So if I'm a, if I'm the, oh goodness, you know what? I just totally forgot what they're all named. What's the pirate one? If I'm the captain, okay? If I'm the captain, I'm going to be sailing my ships around trying to gain goods that way. 
if I am the blacksmith, I'm going to be using dice to create the different wares, right? And then and then yeah, that's right. You you played you played the blacksmith the last game we played. And if I am the let's see the oracle is one of the expansions. I'm going to be rolling these the oracle of Delphi pieces into a bowl, and that's going to determine how I'm going to take my actions. But ultimately, all of you are trying to create these wares that you're going to sell. So then, after everyone's done that, and these boats fill up of the merchants of the excuse me of the customers, right? That's right. There's four slots. In then the normal base game. That's right. When they come in support, that's going to determine how many points you're going to get when you sell your goods. So let me just give an example of that. If I have one large redware, that means I can sell it in the port where I can sell large wares. If there are three of the customers in that on that dock, then I'm going to multiply that three times the value of whatever that good is. So in this case, it might be six. I would get 18 points for that. Sell as much as I can. Or it's by like a million, and you whip me at sixty points in one turn, like you did the other day, and I didn't stop you. That's right. And then you just laughed at me. <laughs> You're just like, Whoa. <laughs> 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 oh, that felt good. All right. So then, after you sell all those goods to the different ports, you're going to be also gaining sponsorship money, and we don't have to go into details of all that. But basically, you're going to get thank the Lord the. <laughs> Basically, the meeples that don't go to port are going to go to these to these areas that they will give you sponsorship points based on how many are in that area, and that's kind of it. We'll talk more about how the how the you play three rounds and then whoever has the most money is the winner. We'll talk right. about how the different factions play throughout the review, but I just want to give a brief fish overview of that. That was brief for Dean, right? I think it went swimmingly. There we go. You know why? Because the water in Merchant's Cove is that what you're doing? Because you said brief ish. And it sounded like you said brief fish. That's what it sounded like. Go back and listen to the tape. I got gotcha. you. All right. I'll listen to what it. What if a fish wore briefs? We should start a, I guess, kind of like SpongeBob, I guess, though, right? I guess it's kind of a ripoff. Okay. This game is a ripoff of SpongeBob? Is that what you're saying? No, if I started a cartoon with a fish that had briefs on it. That's what I was thinking about. We should start a podcast where we pretend to be oh, fishes with briefs. Gracious. And it's a And it's a really short podcast. So it's just called Swimming Briefly or something like that. We'll, no, we'll call it Briefish. Oh, yeah, Briefish. That's even better. That's yeah. way better. <laughs> Dang it. And then we can just talk about, like, coral and stuff and kelp. And we'll talk about Brie, the cheese. I love Brie cheese. Can we talk about Merchant's Cove? Let's first by t- first start off by talking about the art and components. Well, we already kind of, I think we, you know, revealed our cards. Tipped our hats. We did. The art part is fantastic. The dragon thing that goes around the board... The uh, the Miko just killed this this thing. There's a little like yeah, it's details. dragon it's dragon gold that you're getting from this game. So there's like the track is like this little, two dragons that like warthog thing with like a candle looking on top of his head. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, these are great descriptions that you have. Oh, I'm just telling you, like that thing is fantastic looking. Yeah, I look at I look the card art. Like I just kept looking at it and just going, I you know art's good when you're like looking at the details and it's captivating you. <laughs> So it's great. It is. There's there's so many little details in this and it's and it's all over. You know, like every I think every detail of the components are just really well done. Like every character has these stands where they're going to put their goods on and they all tend to reflect like what what type of goods that you're selling. So like 
for example, the blacksmith that you mentioned earlier has this stand that is almost like this metal stand is what the feel that you get putting metal on there. You know, this something big enough that can hold these metal objects that you're putting on there. The innkeeper, which is one of my favorite factions, but also my favorite stand, I think, is just a table. But it's like this cool giant in table, in I N not E N D, that you're going to be putting your your <laughs> brews on. I just I think that's cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah, everything's great. It's all good, man. Well, I, are you making fun of me? No, there? I'm just I'm just like being super descriptive right now. <laughs> That's it. You're mocking your cardboard standees. Like if you don't love those, but you, I like that you have the standees because you get to set your wares up. Could they have done something crazy and made your wares like plastic things and stuff? But there's so many of them, it would have really jacked the price up. I'm going to guess. And they would have to be different colors because you have to be able to identify them. And so, I mean, I just kept thinking to myself, art and component wise, this is super stellar. They really knocked it out of the park. I like all of it. Yeah. Components, art, everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something. I, I will say some... Oh, the, the ship uh, faction, what is that called? The captain. Pi- the captain. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was kind of weird how the wares kind of went underneath the board. The display board. On top of the board. And it's also, Oh, you mean when you store it. When you store yeah, it, I, I was you. like... Yeah. I think our friend just took them out, right? Because it was just because you have to keep... You just dump them all out. That's yeah. what you do, isn't it? Yeah, it's the... It's he was trying to store them under it. Maybe they're not meant to do that. No, they are. They are. They, they're okay. meant to store in there. So the storage in this is another thing. It is a sight to behold how these things are stored in there because everything is organized so neatly, but then you have these like sheets of paper. They're not paper. They're like that you know flimsy or yeah. cardboard or whatever, like cardstock kind of thing that tell you exactly how things go into those different storage trays and That's how they great. go in the box. And it tells you it, it, like actually writes it out and shows you a picture that I love that for yeah. a game like this. I think that was fantastic. I really like it when people tell me how it goes. Yeah. Because I I, I've gotten so there's a game that I'm looking at right now. I'm not going to mention it. Uh, but I just remember getting frustrated. Like where does this stuff go in this insert? And I just, I usually end up looking at pictures online. To see I, I should have done that. Because like it just everything felt almost right, but not quite right, and I just literally can't figure it out. Anyways, so yeah. I really like it when they do that. So overall, big hit. Oh, I was gonna say a negative for me, and this isn't a big negative. It, I thought it might be whenever I was punching everything and putting it together. Some of them seemed like, oh, this isn't gonna stay together very well. I might need to glue this. But so far, I haven't had that issue, and I've played this game quite a bit, and so. The the, bo- the alchemy one is the one I was talking about. Got you. The the tray. I thought this might fall apart. Just based on how it's put together. But I, again, I've not had that issue at all. Yeah, our um, the box is really big. But yep. that's so that you can add all these tons of expansions that you have. So I think that's a positive. The problem is if you put it. all the expansion stuff in there, I think you have to take everything out. Like it's you have to take all much. those trays out. You'd have to put them in bags. Can you add some expansions? The, the insert is made for the secret stash one. So it actually has it already written on there that you're going to put those cards in these certain spots. But I was just reading, I guess yesterday, that somebody said they put everything in the main box. They didn't say how, but I'm, I've got to assume they just put it in plastic bags. Gotcha. Which is fine. I think that's fine. You could put everything together and just put it in the box. We are family. I don't understand the reference. You put everything together. It okay. just really made me think about that. Okay. What about the gameplay, John? This is yeah. difficult to talk about because you're talking about multiple different games that you're playing. Let's start at one off with time. a little drama. Okay. 
John loves the drama. I do. It's just Cue fun. the to, drama music. It's just fun. I'm just kidding. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, didn't Tom not like this game? Vassal? I purposefully did not watch review videos of this until I had lots of plays under my belt. What did so he, that could come he up didn't with like my it, own. right? I, I ended up watching some review stuff last Wasn't night. Wasn't there like a little bit of drama around this? You know more about it than I do. Uh, Tom did not like this game. That is correct. That surprises me. Yeah. A lot, Z actually. did not like this game either. That surprises me, too. Yeah. From well, Dice Tower. What was, their, what was their deal? They felt like it was not interesting. Here's the... Ugh, I, I understand Tom, maybe, because I, I I think I know what you're going to say. The, okay. They felt like the boards might not be that interesting. The characters, that you're, the factions might not be that interesting. Tom's big beef was he didn't think that the meeple play in the boats was very interesting at all. Which I think wow, is that's stunning. One of my favorite. It's my favorite pieces, part of the be, game, especially because like that's what adds a lot of the the high interaction to this game. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk about what we think about it. I've already had my my. Well, do we agree with Tom and so. Z? We'll see. We'll see. Stick around if you want to know. Dun dun dun. I started. I started like just really quickly before we do that. I started learning more about storytelling, and we need to do that. We can do it on our podcast. You have to give the audience something to wait for. And if you don't constantly do that, they get bored. We need commercials. If we had people who like board game publishers, See, right now they're said, waiting for us to tell how they would if feel. they had if we had board game publishers that said, "Man, we would love to support Meepletown somehow." We could play commercials, and then we could like go into the commercials with these like long cliffhangers, couldn't we? I know. And now we just have to make up stories about it. That's it. <laughs> That's not exciting. When I got to the table with this game, I. Don't know what my expectations were. Actually, I was very, I was excited about it, but I think hearing some other reviewers weren't very excited about it kind of tampered, you know, my expectations a little bit. Plus, I knew that it was mm, on the lighter end of the medium. Would yeah. you say that? Yeah, like, uh-huh. like I, the I medium so. weight is kind of on a lighter end. Which um, there's some games that are really my jam. I mean, I really enjoy some of those games, but. I feel like it has to be really special for me to get excited about it because I tend to like the medium to slightly medium heavy. I don't really always get too far into that. So I think my expectations were a little bit tampered. I was also intrigued by the asymmetric you know, nature of the game for sure. Like You sit down with this game, and I did watch a little bit of Rado play it, and I was like pretty intrigued by the fact that, wow, it looks like these characters... They're not factions. Char- these, whatever. What are they? Uh, would you call them characters, Dean? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I was factions re- is what I usually okay. say. But, but th- they're wildly different. You're yeah. right. Like, I mean, Dean mentioned, like, some, the Oracle, I think, is like a roll and write almost. You know, I mean, you're, and then you have some where it's, oh, I played the tavern one yesterday where it was really heavy on the way the boats worked, you know, and trying to figure out, you know, have customers come and sleep in your bed and you tuck them in in your bed. And, and so that was really intriguing as well. And I'll say that, um, I do like that about the game. I do like that in this game, you get it to the table and it feels there's some similarities with the boats and the way they work. We'll talk about those, but it feels different, man. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Yep. I just, I don't want to, dominate the time so i think <clears throat> excuse me i think one of the like big pieces of this might be might be those expectations you know you yeah. hear and it's hard not to do this and i get this like if you hear 
total asymmetric powers, you might naturally think root because that is, or, or vast crystal caverns, one of those, you know, and fair or not. I think that that's kind of what people's minds are going to go yeah. to. And there are other games in that genre, but I think because root kind of has been such a big hit that people's minds naturally go there. I think a lot of times they do. And this is not that, and it's not supposed to be that it's not even trying to be that, you know, this isn't, yep. this isn't an area control game. It's not, you know, you're not battling it out for these different territories. In this, you are, the asymmetry comes in how you are going to produce the goods, but everybody's producing goods. Like, that is the goal of the game. Yep. Or or I say that kind of loosely because the innkeeper isn't necessarily producing goods. They are, but they're like their larger goods are just like laying out beds for yeah. those, those uh, customers to come lay in or whatever. I think maybe some, some expectations... It, kind of change or you know alter the way that you go into this game and so if you have really yeah. high expectations that this game is going to be root you might be let down i think yeah but if that's what you're expecting right oh I, yeah I don't know. yeah and so i mean i there, there's an element to where maybe i understand understand a little bit of what tom and z may be saying based on like you are besides the tavern you are producing goods and you're shipping on on the ship you're kind of doing the same thing it's just that whenever you're using those different uh factions or whatever you want to call them the way you produce it is is different yeah but it is also really they're they're fairly simple like not that your decisions are always simple but the way you produce them like you've mentioned can be just rolling some dice and okay let me put this over here put that over there there may be, you know, four or five kind of worker placement spots to go to to do something different. Or maybe that's a light number, six or seven, you know. But yeah. a lot of them do the in the tavern. You just, okay, well, do you want a blue or a yellow bed or do you want a red or a green bed? Now, where do you put it? And stuff like that can be interesting. Um, so if you are looking for a, like a super ultra strategic, like brain burnery strategic game, this isn't that. Sure. It's a strategic game. Yeah, it's a tactical game because whenever those ships are out there and you're pulling these, um, first of all, whenever you go around the, the way the the actions work, or you lose time. So if I do this action, I lose two times. Hey, I don't want to lose two times because the person you know uh, in the in the back is the gets to go first. So if Dean does an action that is only one times, he could get two actions in a row. But hey, if I use two times, then I can pull a meeple out of the bag because I go around the circle and now I get to pull a meeple out of the bag. Sometimes you might want to take a action that takes more time because you may want to take a meeple because you see, Hey, there's a ship that's got four, three meeples in it. If I want to control where that ship goes, I'm going to pull the meeple out of the bag right now. And unless it's the exact one I don't want, I'm going to put it in there and I'm going to move it over there. Yeah. That's so that's where the, the strategy is in, <laughs> is in the, I think kind of those, those kind of tactical decisions of when to do what and also trying to get in your other players heads of, well, what is Dean doing over here? It's not in a super sophisticated math problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I think like someone like Jonathan, who generally loves those types of games, he did, he wasn't super jacked about this, but he yeah. did only play the blacksmith, which is probably one of the simplest yeah, ones. yeah, and that, and I would I would agree with that. I, who knows? Who knows how he's gonna you know feel about it in the future, or if he's gonna you know he may love more, it the more but, he plays it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But for me, my expectations were 
I, I love the theme of the game. I had watched some of the gameplay and I was like, oh, okay, this seems to be my jam. Now, if you, if you don't normally listen to the show, my jam is I tend to like games that have theme and I tend to like games that are more midweight around that 2.5 to 3 range, I guess. or, or it's two, true. 2.8 to 3.2, somewhere in that range, right? That's That's yep. kind of where my jam is. This game falls in both of those categories, and so that's that's kind of where my expectations lied. Not in I expected it to be like this other game, but that I know that this falls in the category of that midweight-ish games. Yeah. Maybe on the lighter side of that, but still in that midweight uh, game. And it has a really cool theme of adventurers coming to port and you're selling them goods. I, I thought that's a really cool and unique theme, and the fact that you're doing that asymmetrically that's where all of my expectations lied. Yep. So I can go ahead and talk. I know you've you talked were ready. About it, I mean, you were. But like, I haven't. I haven't really talked about like what you like, what or... I liked, what I didn't like, that sort of thing. So I I like the tenseness of this game. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that this game feels very tense for the same things that you were it's just talking game. about. It feels really tense. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's intense. Like it. you play it in on I a got camping it. trip. I got you. Okay. Man, you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Felt the need to explain that one, maybe. No? Just continue. So it feels intense because of the things that you're talking about. (laughs) No one's ever going to be able to. (laughs) And like it sounded like you said, in fields intense. (laughs) It's a stressful game. How about that? It's it's not really a stressful game, but the fact that you're not taking that many actions this entire game, right? If the clock is on 12 and you probably won't make it all the way around there and you're taking one to two time per turn then that means, you know, you're not going to take more than like 18. I, I haven't counted yeah. out my turns, but more like 18 turns at most a game probably. And so like everything that you do in this game is important and y- you want to explore things, but you don't want to explore them too much because yeah. you really need to stay focused on the mission. So for example, the cards are a good example of this for me. The cards are really interesting that come out. And I'll explain. Like the base game, you have three different stacks of cards. They get more interesting. They recommend that you put two stacks of cards, shuffle those together, and then play with those the first time that you play. And then after that, it's kind of whatever you want to do. Okay? At least two decks need to go together. And the thing I liked about that is I want to get these cards because they can be a really quick boost to give you something and then also give you in-game scoring if you get the right cards. But they also are going onto your your shop board. Mm-hmm. And is that the right shop board? I, I forget what that one's called. Your your okay. uh, staff staff board. There we go. It's your staff board. And then later on in the game, you can trigger your staff board. So if you have staff members in one of those four sp- spots or all the four spots, then you can trigger all of those spots that give you immediate bonuses. What if you have a staff infection? Oh my goodness! You just can't you just can't stay focused, can you? It's, it's hard. Well, you're just you're you're just teeing me up. <laughs> Let like me give it. an example. We brought up the we brought up the captain. Okay, so the captain staff board says that you can move. You have two movement points for your ship, and then you spend one coin. That's one slot. Another slot has your fishing hook, so you can fish in one of those spots. Mm-hmm. And then another one allows you to gain a coin, which will give you a coin in the like basically give you a point, and then yep. allow you to get rid of one of your your uh what do you call those cards the uh the uh corruption corruption cards gets let you get rid of one of your corruption cards which all the boards have that it has a spot for letting you get yep. rid of the corruption 
So if I load up that board with staff members, they're giving me a bunch of stuff, and then later on I trigger it, I get to do all of those things, which is basically like taking lesser actions of my main board, but multiple ones of them that can be really beneficial. Yep. I like that a lot, but the problem is you really need to set that up in that way to make it beneficial. So you might think, I don't want to waste my time doing that. I might just want to take the main actions on my board. But if you do that, you're missing out on points at the end of the game, potentially missing out on creating goods from those cards. So it becomes, again, like it's one of those things. And I think that every move matters in this game because you don't do that much. So you need to make sure that you're creating enough goods that you're going to be able to get more points than the other players. Did, did you feel that way, John? Because I feel like when people, when I've heard people say that the the player that you're playing with feels boring, I've heard that comment. I don't, I don't get that at all. That's not my feeling at all. I feel like it's tense. I feel like I've got to do stuff. Otherwise I'm going to lose this game. And, and anyway, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking that, but so I guess what I would say is, again, it kind of goes back to the statements I made earlier. If you're looking for a real mathematical strategic like puzzle, why, which is what I think, I think some of these players wanted that, right? I think they wanted this a game where like, cause it, but it's more of simple worker placement or, you know what I mean? Or like all of them act differently, but it would be more simple. Like I go here and I get this. Like, so it's, and there are times based on what's played out that, and I wouldn't say it, that the decisions aren't that difficult, right? Like, of course, I'm going to get this because there's this over here. There are also times where the decisions are difficult and they are challenging. Sure. Yeah. Like, what do I get? And that's where I think the, when I look at it, what I like is that, like you said, the player interaction piece of it. If you just kind of do your own solo, you can't really just do your own solo thing. But if you look at it like that, so if you're a Euro player that goes into a game looking for a game that I can kind of solo by myself, maybe that's kind of people that come to this not super, you know, not big into player interaction, you're not going to like this game. Yeah. Because that part of the puzzle isn't that puzzly. It's more like, again, like a work, like a placement worker and it does this action or, or whatever. The puzzle is, you know, how do, you know, when do I get those cards that Dean's talking about? Or challenge, you know, or the, you know, or when do I put that green guy in that boat over there, you know, and what do I put it here? But I see that Dean's got two small green wares already and I've got one, I think I can maybe get three. Do I push my luck and risk it and put right. that there going, okay, I can beat him here points. But if I get three here, then I'm missing out on this blue large one over here. You know what I mean? That I could get to. I don't know if I have enough time to get all those in. Um, and so that's where the, the decisions come in. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. That part didn't bother me so much. But if I were to say if I had one thing that would make me like the game better, would be that it would be a little bit more of a – a puzzle because I like those type of things. Yeah. Here's, it's just, it's, that's just a personal preference. It, it definitely is. And that here's, has, yeah. here's when I, when I look at the grand scheme of the design, now I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know how all these conversations went, but here's my thought. I think that if you put like, let's say you put more worker placement spots on the board, for example, again, you're not taking that many actions the entire game. I think some of that can be diluted if you put too many spots on the board, because then it becomes too many options and you probably are only going to stick with a certain amount of those anyway. That would be my guess. Okay. Again, I have no idea if this is the conversation they had behind the scenes, but the other thing is as much as I love root and you know, root is a 10 for me. Root is a, it's a top three game. I think it may have been my number two game. I can't remember where it was on the list last year. 
the the problem with root though is that when I need to explain it to a new group of people, it's going to take me an hour to explain it. Yep. Because you have to explain all those factions to everybody before you get played. Now the boards do a great job of of explaining what they do. And if you play this game a lot, then I think it's you can get past that no problem. But yeah. let's say I haven't played this game in a year, I haven't played Root in a year, and now I need to re-explain it to everybody, it's a big hassle. The yep. thing I love about Merchant's Cove is that I can explain the base mechanisms in just a few a few minutes, right? It doesn't take that long, maybe 10 minutes at most, to explain kind of how the base game works. Yeah, You can then look at your book, and everyone can just read their book quickly, because the books aren't very long at all and know exactly what you need to do. And because of the design of the player boards and all that, it's it's really intuitive on what the actions are going to do. You might just have to refer to the rule book for a few you know minor details. I mean, Dean knew how to play all the factions, and it took him a minute or two to explain how it works. Yeah, yeah. John, I told fast. John said, okay, he was going to come over the first time we were going to play it. And he was like, I don't know how to play this faction. And I was like, John, don't look anything up. I'll explain it to you takes two seconds anyway and, and was, i was able that was to. really nice and it's yeah. and, and you're able to i feel like part of the design process and this is going to turn some people away because they want something meatier yes but that's to me kind of the beauty of the game is that i can now introduce this to new people and i i did i introduced it to to a friend of mine who has played a decent amount of games but not like crazy and he was like, oh, I love this. I love yeah. that Like, I just can jump right into this and play it with no problem. And and I, I like that. I think that's really difficult to do with an asymmetric game like this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's people that I have. Um, I actually think that this might be a good one for our friends, Matt and Selena. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that might be right in their wheelhouse of like... And it also has like... I feel like it's got a little bit of theme. You yeah. think it has oh, more yeah. theme than yeah. I do probably... And but there is some theme to it for sure. I mean, the theme is that you are adventurers are coming in, yeah, and you want to serve them what they want. I yeah. mean, I think that's a pretty cool theme. Yep. And yep. and I think it plays out well that way too. Yeah. But anyway, it ultimately it is a euro, but I think it's a euro that has some a cool theme to it. I agree with that. Yep. Anyway, so there's a lot for me to like about this game for those reasons. But again, it comes back to what are you expecting? This is this falls right into my wheelhouse. I just think that the people that didn't like it, I I, I gen, tend to think that they just had just wrong expectations. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and and it could be uh, like or wrong might not be the right word, but they didn't. They yeah, it just maybe it meant you're maybe right, but it just seems like it wasn't as as heavy duty as a lot of people thought it might be. Yeah, and because of that, it was. But there's the strategy is yeah, it's just a different type of strategy. Yeah. It's a different let, type of thinking. Let me talk about another piece of this. So when you play the base game of this, you have the rogue card that means like, here's how many rogues you put out in the board, but they, it does nothing. Okay. It also, you're, you're going to play with those two base merchant or not merchant. I forget what they're called. That, that deck of cards. I'm actually looking at the rule book right now, but it's online. So it's kind of jumpy. Your townsfolk cards. Okay. The two basic townsfolk decks that are going in there, the regular, corruption cards that are going to go in there but as you play this game more you can add different modules to the game so the game comes with three different rogue cards which means normally if you draw rogue nothing happens it's just if it ends up in one of those shops then it's going to be negative points at the end of the game okay but you might play with the rogue card that says okay now if you can take a corruption card during the market phase you can take a corruption card and treat that rogue as if it's any of those other colored customers 
which really changes up the game because yeah. then rogues become more important if you're willing to take the the risk of taking the corruption. Now, remove the character the townsfolk deck that lets you get rid of your corruption easier. Now you have a problem of, do I want to take a lot of corruption because it's a lot harder to get rid of it than it is if that deck's in the game? And so that changes your scores. If you add in, I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm going to talk about this in my final thoughts too, but if you add in the Secret Stash expansion, it really opens up the game even more because then you have options to get bonuses from those shops that are where you get your sponsorships at the end of the game. There's a lot more rogue cards. There's more townsfolk cards. There's different corruption cards. Like there's so much added to the game from that, that I think, and there's even solo scenarios that are added in that outside of just the basic solo gameplay. I think that it really, it, it feels almost like you mentioned uh, Taverns of Tiefenthal when we mm-hmm. talked about it earlier it has that feel, right? You can start off as a very simple game, but then really adjust the game to not be like super complex, but it makes decisions more interesting with the rogues and with the, how the you know the adventures come out and all that. I think that there's a lot that can be changed based on those modules that you add in. Yeah, so that was going to be my last comment before we do our final thoughts. Yeah, was, I stole it from you. I know. Well, it, in yeah, you face. did. <laughs> yeah, I <didn't> know. <laughs> Um, when you kept talking about rogues, I was like, is this a Degum X-Men game or what? <laughs> so, um, can laughter. Do you, <laughs> I hate can laughter. <laughs> so I like that about this game. And I did have the, it, the gameplay doesn't f- play like Taverns and Tiefenthal, but like that module thing where you're just constantly stepping up the game, adding a little bit of more complexity. I actually have a lot of similar feels about these games, even though they play out differently. Um, I feel like it kind of has the same vibe of type of players I could bring in to like deck building. That game would be, this is one that I could, of course, I think a game like Emotep or something is comparable to like the way that the the boats work and stuff like that is something that is not super heavy either that I could bring people into some of these Euro-y games. Mm -hmm. But this is like, this would be one that if I wanted to introduce people to asymmetric play, I'm trying to think of what a better game would be. I don't know if there would be off there the top is, of my uh, head. Space Cadets, which I've not played, but Space Cadets, the original game, had something like similar to this, and I felt, and again, I never played it, Yeah. but my impression was that it was it was kind of yeah. more entry-level like this. So I'll go into my final thoughts then. Um, yeah, so overall, I enjoyed the game. I thought that it was, it was solid. Um, it, I'm not as high as Dean is on it. I don't think that I'm like, it's, you know, going through the roof for me, but I feel like it's a solid game. Like, and I feel like the, you know, the positives are absolutely what I just said. Any, you can get this to the table pretty easily with just about anyone. It feels different every time. And I do really like those boat decisions, those tactical, when to, uh, try to get a meeple so I can put it on the boat and then where to put that in that kind of push your luck element to it, you know, um, to take it up to the next level for my personal taste, I, I would, you know, I would probably like to see those, factions or whatever a little more complexity um like i understand why people want that when it comes to the decision making process like i'm interested like, you know, to for, see what that might look like i guess what i would say know? is like it would be something like hey you need you know i could talk i could just go euro cubes but you need this cubes and this cubes to equal this to get the good instead of i just push it here and get the good which yeah. is kind of a lot of kind of that happens a lot of times you kind of have that in some of the factions with like the potions and they come down and stuff like that 
but something you know something where maybe it was a little harder to produce the good and a little more thinkier on how to do that but this is you know that's just me and my personal thing like I think they really did a great job with this game because I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people and um I, I guess we could before you give your final thoughts just how do you feel about these games that are that 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 come out that are well, actually, let's do your final thoughts, and then I'm going to have a segue into the next. It's not a segue. It actually has nothing to do with the next session. <laughs> uh, but I, I just had another, just like a, a board game thought I, w- you know, I wouldn't mind talking to you about before we go over there. So, um, solid game, 7.5 out of 10. I'm okay. usually willing to play it. Um, I, oh, borderline 8, um, because 8 is, I would. there are scenarios I would suggest this in. Um, but I don't think I'm going to go pick this one up because Dean has it. But I'm thinking about it. You know, it's just it's like one of those things that like it's it's one of those kind of borderline games, and th- and that is also if you're new to the podcast, I've got a 150 board game collection. So it's not like you know if I was one like Dean and I didn't mind having 500 games, of course I would get it and and keep it in my collection. But um, and the spot it would go in would be that it, also if a, a game that I, if I want to play an asymmetric game where I just don't want to burn my brain. Like I enjoy it, burn my brain. Like you know what I mean. Like I just, I, I just want to think more tactically and not ah stress out. Like it is, it is a easier that decision game, but it could be stressful if you. Yeah. If yeah. you, I didn't feel that much stress, but I just didn't care about winning as much as Dean. He always wants to win. <laughs> I think it's just that, just like, kidding. Jk, you you always have to be engaged in what's going on in the in this game. You have I to think. pay attention to what the wares they're producing. Yeah, and stuff. it really yeah. matters. Yeah, so so like I like that about it. I didn't mention this. This I can go into my final thoughts with this, but like with what John's doing on his board, it does matter because if I see that John is producing a bunch of red goods, it almost doesn't matter what's going on in the boats. It does, but I need to at least have that in mind. Okay, I need to have some red. Wears, or I need to figure out how to block him from getting it. That's exactly right. So I need to figure out how to block him from getting red customers to come into port. Or I need to start creating those myself. Or it could be that John's going to hold off of those. And like the next round, he's really yeah. going to start selling those. And so like... Or minimize the damage. Yeah. Like, okay, there's one or two. It's not the end of the world. But if he gets three or four reds there, I'm in trouble. Something big is about to happen. And yeah. I need to be prepared for that. And like, I screwed up that a couple times. Yeah. And, <laughs> in the last game we played. And and I think... First game I did get. And I'll, I will mention this too with my final thoughts. A negative with me is with it. I don't love it as much at two-player games. I think in my experience... The you can run away with a victory easier in a two-player game because of the way the boats are. But I don't know. I still want to play it at two, and I still really like it at two. But I don't know if I would buy the game like based just on two players. I think it. Sh- Let me just say, I think it shines more with more players. I totally agree, and that's kind of why I'm like, I think I'm good with Dean having it. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna borrow this from you and see how my wife feels about it. Um. Because I have a feeling she might like it quite a bit. I think they did a good job. Yeah, I what, think. What's your rating, man? You going up? You going up to the stars? Yep. So all the all those things. Wow. I'm, I'm not going all the way to the stars, oh, oh. but I'm I am pretty high. You're on gonna this. make Johnny like you more again. Johnny Johnny Meepletown? Johnny Pack. Oh, John. <laughs> uh, who are the other guy, who are the other people played, that designed it with him? You have it pulled up. I've only yeah I've already mentioned it, John. Uh, Carl Van. Oh goodness gracious. It's Sorry, I, I apologize. Um, I probably wasn't listening when Carl you Carl Van Ostrand and Drake Villarreal. Okay. Okay. 
And I don't know like how the breakdown of that was. Did they design the base mechanics together or some just designed some of the factions? I have no idea how that, how that broke down. Um, so far now I haven't played a, a ton of Johnny pack games. I've only played what lines of Lydia and fistful of meeples. I think that's all you've played. I think so. No, no, no. Endless winter. And, yeah. But, well, he, he, but he didn't design that. He was a, yeah. uh, Anyway, That's not, I think there's another one that you're missing that you've played too. But anyways, go ahead. Neither here nor there, I guess, because this is my favorite of those that I've played. Wow. It it but it's almost like okay, they designed this game specifically for me because like this is this is my jam, you know. Like yeah. I've already talked about this being my wheelhouse and why this is in my wheelhouse. But I just there's so much for me to like about this game. I I do think that the decisions matter more than what I'm hearing other people say. Not that I have this higher level of intellect or anything like that. It's just maybe I have a lower level of intellect and I have to think through my decisions a lot more. But I just think deciding whether or not you're going to take the townsfolk cards or you're going to run your your engine that you've built up through that through that staff board or whether or not I'm going to you know take the actions on my board, where I'm going to take them, when I'm going to trigger the yeah. thing that's going to produce the goods. All that seems pretty important to me because you don't take that many actions in this game. I agree. I will say this now. Okay. Without, without anything, I'm at an, I'm at, oof, uh, I, I talk about you struggling with what you give this rating. All right. I think just the base game of this, I'm at an, an eight close to an eight and a half. Okay. But when I throw the, the secret stash expansion in there that adds so many more modules, yeah. it does bump it up for me which makes this game an eight and a half for me, but I'll be honest, it's really close to a nine. It could move up over time, but I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm a little, I don't want to pull the trigger on a nine because I'm comparing it to some other of my nine games. And I'm like, I don't think it's quite there, but it could be, you know, yeah. I gave root an eight and a half the first time that we rated it and it bumped up to now. a 10. So I, yeah. so I'm going to stay in an eight and a half of this for now who knows what time will will tell, but I think this is a game I have not played with my wife yet. I've also not played with her brother and his wife, and I think that's the target group. I think they would absolutely love this game. Have you played it with my wife yet? I have not. That was just a test. I have not. <laughs> oh, we'll say. I didn't mention this. I, oh, what I played it, how this. did that, what, that, that, that spawn something? No, no, no. Like, no. Well, I, I will say. <laughs> I've played the solo can be nervous. several times now uh, just to get a feel for all the factions. I've played all the factions in the game now. Um, I want to know what your favorites are, but anyway, we we talk about that. Maybe that's another video or something, but I, I really enjoy the solo play of this too. I think it's a lot of fun. It can be swingy, but I don't, I'm okay with that. It's, I think it's fine. I, I enjoy it. I think it's good times. So there eight and a go. half for me, really close to a nine. And that's again, including the expansion, especially that one, but I do have all the factions and everything else in this game. Love this game. Well done. All right. So here's my just quick discussion. Did you turn it off? No. Oh, you look like you clicked down. I heard it. No, I was lying. looking to see how long I talked. Okay. I feel like I talked a lot. Quick discussion. Time. How do you feel about games that um, that you buy a base game and they have a ton of these add-ons like right off the bat? Do you really like that, uh, Dean? Because then you can kind of pick and choose what you would want. It's, I mean, this game is, what is Merchants Co? 50-something dollars? This is kind of, we, we don't always do the, is it worth it? Um I, th I think it's around $54 is what I was looking at last time I saw. Amazon has it for 65 Yeah, uh, so I'm not Amazon, sure. Suggested though. retail, I think, is 80 so... Nah, that's a... It's not that much. Um, 
My God, do you like how I just completely dismissed that? Uh, I dismissed your dismissal. So all right, sorry. Fifty six ninety nine, uh, fifty five ninety nine. So fifty five bucks. Okay, fifty five nine. Yeah. Um. Do you like that, or would you rather? You know, throw maybe let's just say it was in the box. Yeah, I mean, just saying, like, let's say it was eighty dollars and just get everything. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's going to bring down the price if you put everything in the box. Yeah, it it reminds me of like you know how, and I mentioned this when we were playing, like the apps that you get to play even for free, but then you have things you can buy. And I remember at first I was against that, like just let me buy it all. Like I'm tired. But then the more I play those types of games and I think it's like a consumer thing right where like you're used to uh, purchasing uh, purchasing habits and this is a little bit different but I've seen some more board game folks kind of go in this direction let where me, it's let me more say customizable this. let me say this I would I think my preference so in this one you get the base box there's three separate factions that you can buy yeah the Dragon Rancher Oracle and the uh, what's the one you play with the innkeeper okay mm-hmm. and then you have the the secret stash I wish maybe that they did the base game and then put those other three factions together or maybe add another one in there and have another four factions to add all in one box instead of buying each of the... Because more than likely, if you really like this game and you want everything for it, which I do, I'm going to buy all the factions. I'm not going to... I'm probably not... Which is going to get extremely pricey if you do that. If you buy them all separately. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. But here's the other thing. With this game... I almost think that you. I almost think that you need to get super the secret stash. Maybe need is too. It's strong. only eighteen bucks here. I'm looking online, so these the the prices of these expansions aren't expensive. Yeah, get secret but, stash for sure. Also, yeah. don't throw the box away because there is a actual secret in the bottom of the box, which I don't know if I love that because I read somebody that said, "Wish I would have known that beforehand," because <laughs> I threw the box away. So I mean, I mean, you get the base game and you add three expansions. So you add Secret Stash and just two other factions, and you're looking at well over a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. So like at that point, like for me, it's like I really want to like this. I don't spend that much money on games unless I'm just like through the roof on a game, pretty much. Yeah. And and so in that sense, I would say pick up the base game if it's interesting, and then secret stash and if you really like it you'll probably end up picking up those other factions anyway but so in that case maybe i do like the fact that they kept it at a lower price had those in a, as an expansion my preference would have been that those factions would have been a separate expansion as one expansion secret stash would also be its own expansion because yeah. that's that's you know a, a pretty reasonable price for an expansion i feel like yeah the, yeah but if you if you you know go the direction merchants cove with that it's you're at you know $75 or something like that. If I'm thinking about that, right. Yeah. Like right off the bat. So that's not a cheap game. Sure. Um, but I mean, I think the components and everything are super high quality. So anyways, I just kind of wanted to ask you like what you thought I'm, I'm it's good and bad kind of I, yeah. endless winter's kind of doing that. You know, they had some of those things and I, and I think it can be kind of cool cause you just kind of customize what game you have. Yep. And I guess if you get stale, you can just be like, Oh, I'll go spend 20 bucks on a expansion and grab another one. Yeah. So, but regardless, that is an eight and a half for me. For me, it's a great game. For for John, he really likes it as well as a, a seven and a half. But I will say, you know, know what you're getting into. Like go in with yeah, the right expectations. Yeah, that would be my only caveat, which is know what you get. Exactly. Yep. yep. Nailed with, it. Play with fun people like me, and you might really like this game. That's it for Merchants Cove. Let's talk about our top five list. 
All right, Meeple Town, so we have a top five poll. And if you listen... No, we don't. No. Did you do a poll Top five. <laughs> you forgot like I did when I was entered... When I was leaving the other <laughs> no. segment. I'm so used to doing the polls. I think it's just like, hey, um, I've got a poll on the brain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. John is giggling like a, I don't know, 12-year-old schoolboy right now. You all right? Do you need me to stop it? He's, I think we do. I think we're going to have to stop. My goodness. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, it's just when you say things and you're like, that was... Do you want me to edit that out? Not in, that, was not, that was not my intention. I don't know. For some reason, John is our standard for whether we should edit things out. If John says we need to edit something out, we no, probably should. No, you're the standard. You're the one that's like... You're the one that is more harsh about that than I am. So Right. You, but what I'm saying is, like, I've listened to you more lately. Good, bad, or ugly. I mean, I left the twerking thing in there. Against my better twerked, judgment. And it twerked for us. And it worked well. People liked it. Yep. People liked it. Okay. All right. So, um, I, You're I, lost. I forgot I've got polls on the brain. Oh, my goodness. Here he goes again. We are talking about our top five variable player power games. We have some caveats to this like we always do. Yeah, okay. So By we, I mean me, but. <laughs> no, no. In re- so this is what. So there's a lot of games that have variable variable player powers. Dean and I talked about this, and we decided for our poll to be games where when you sit at the table, you're handed a. And we want to do this because hey, we just kind of seen this with Merchants Cove. When you're at the table, you're given a faction, a character, or something that significantly impacts the game. And for me personally, I'm choosing games pretty much for the most part that I really look forward to that moment because it dramatically affects the way the game is being played. That's right. And it, So when you read this online, if you go to BGG and you look at the variable player power definition, each player has special actions that only they can perform or that modify standard actions. And we have, like you said, deviated from that a little yeah. bit because it's, it's right from the rip. We want to know, right, that there's something different about my game versus your game. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that this is going to be fun to do. I really enjoyed this. I really did. This was Let's a hard it. one for me, a really hard one. I, I think that we should have done, I don't know. I could have easily done a top 10 of this, no problem, including Merchant's Cove that did not make my top five, but probably would have made my top 10. Yeah. Pretty pretty close to that top five, I think. Yeah, I, I this was not as hard for me, actually. This was an easy one for me. All right. It you just, wanna, yeah, you, you may start off. Yeah. So my number five is a game that's higher on Dean's list. So an easy start off. Oh, that's it. Yeah, just and I'll just stop. I'll just I just won't say it yet, and I'll just I'll just say that. Okay. My number five. I don't know what your list is, so I might run into some of this, but I don't think so. I think that this, I think there's two that I know are on your list for sure, and okay. that's and I think that's it. I think that we'll have two crossovers, which is you know a significant amount, I guess, for a top five, but it is what it is. My number five is. A cooperative game. I think it's the only cooperative game on here. That is Spirit Island, which I would imagine would be on probably a lot of people's list, right? You like that pick? That's my golf clap. Good choice. Good Good, answer. Good good answer. (laughs) So basically on this game, you you take on the role of a spirit. Everyone is a spirit on an island. And we are trying to keep colonists off of our island. They're just, they're coming to our island. They're taking the resources they're building up their buildings and just really trying to take over and we don't want any of that and so we take on the role of a spirit and that's where the 
the variable player power comes in in other ways as well from your cards that you're going to gather throughout the game but but every spirit plays very different their elemental powers that they have are different and i just i really enjoy this game and i think that each faction that you plays plays out very differently yeah absolutely i that was a borderline game for me too yeah it's really good a heavy game probably the heaviest game on my list but yep spirit island number five like the weight the physical weight of it's heavy it's not that heavy yeah but the but the gameplay weight is a four Mm. that's high for me my number four is a game now get this this game would probably be my favorite or top close to my favorite games on this list but it's probably the one that has the least amount of excitement when I get to the table to change. And this is anachrony. Uh, you don't so, like this game? Is that what you're no, saying? No, what I'm saying is I really like the game, but excitement whenever my player power comes out. Okay, I got you. So like, you do get a, a character, a leader card that, if, that obviously gives you a special, I guess not obviously if you've never played it, that gives you a special bonus. But... Um, and then you also get like this this fact you're a part of a faction and you choose which side and you're going to score points. You kind of choose your like mid game in game scoring. So you kind of it kind of two things that kind of work together. You try to make the things, you know, um, and, and it definitely changes the way you're going to play the game. If you have never heard of Anachrony, don't know what it is, a medium heavy dystopian game where an asteroid is going to hit the Earth and you're sending things back to yourself back and forth in time how do you know the asteroids can hit the earth because people have built time machines and go back in time to tell you that and the capital is going to burn midway through the game you just know it and so you prep for it do you love that theme yes john you have to watch the tomorrow war i started it did you yeah and then i stopped because my wife said she wanted to watch it so i have a friend that said they he and his wife sat down to watch it and they were like it got slow and so we didn't it was like slow and they turned it off, and I was like, you are out of your mind. There's like five minutes at the beginning of the movie where it's slow, and then... It goes crazy. It's nutso. I didn't feel like it was slow. I just got tired, and so I didn't I didn't want to miss the movie, so I stopped. So. Yeah, I love it. Speaking of movies, and I'll be brief, Bill and Ted's... Um, <laughs> Speaking of time travel, Yes, Bill, uh, what's, what is that called again? Oh, my gosh. Um, face the music, goodness gracious, was most excellent, bro. <laughs> Dude. All right, so that was your number four, Anachrony? Yep. That's the game that we talked about earlier that he I has need to, to play, play before he does his top 50. There's, in you my think it's going to make my top 50? I mean, I, have, I feel like there's no way it doesn't. You get putting on exosuits and stuff, and if you went and got like the actual miniatures, because you can, I mean, you're going to like freak out. I don't have the miniatures, I'm gonna though. I'm going to purposefully not put this in my top 50, just to prove you wrong. You could. No, I think this will probably be a game that I really enjoy. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I'm going to try to get it played before we do our top list. Let's do it. Okay. My number four is a, it's a card game that it very much fits in this category. It's empires of the, uh, Imperial settlers, empires of the North. Okay. Uh, part of the reason why I considered not putting this on my list, because I almost considered not putting any like full blown card games on the list mm-hmm. just because there are a lot There's of a lot of those, type, those of type of games. But this one is a little bit different because I'm going to hand you your faction deck and I'll get my faction deck and they are going to play out very differently. And I really have enjoyed, I, I enjoy the game in general, which means I enjoy all of the factions, but I've actually, John been putting a list together and it like really, really a lot of notes on this game. 
I was going to put out a video a couple months ago, and I was like, no, I'm going to wait till Egyptians comes out. So I just got Egyptians in, and I need to play these. I have not played them at all, and I'm going to take a ton of notes on those, and I'm going to do, I'm going to rank all of these in a video. I did this for, did I do it for Imperial Settlers? I did. I did it for Imperial Settlers. I'm going to do it for Empires of the North. This is a top 10 game for me, at least, or is around that. I don't remember if it was right in the top 10, but I just, I love this game. I love how the factions play out differently. You even have starting resources that are different and the resources you gain throughout the game are going to be different for the most part. So anyway, love this game. Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North. Yeah, that's my biggest regret of Meepletown is giving that game a nine on the, on the YouTube video. It's like a seven or six and a half. That is, <laughs> I'm just being crazy. Talk. I like the game. Like it's a fine game. Like I, I'll play it a lot of times, but like, I, I remember like really enjoying it when we played. And then like, I went back later. I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? You ever have any, do we need to have lists like that? That we go, what was I thinking? I gave that way too high of a rating. Maybe that'd be kind of fun. I'd have to go back and look. I do but... want to do one like games that have we warmed on us, you know, like we had to warm up to, or we gave a low rating. Maybe we do back-to-back episodes sometime, and we do... You know, ratings are subjective, but I'll just go ahead and say you're wrong on this. Well, I, that's, a, Dean that's a wrong generally, Dean generally sticks with his ratings a lot solid, more solid than I, I do. I do. No, no, no. I mean, mine you're wrong about more, your rating. Mine are a lot more fluid. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Because I just... Yeah. I don't know why. I, I I try not to be like that, but... I think, he, I think Dean likes to stick to his guns, and I'm more of a pushover. Like, I refuse to put an acronym in my top 50. I just get really, <laughs> to be real, I just am like, I take this kind of probably too seriously sometimes. And I'm like, like Dean says, I agonize over, oh, I should have given that an 8 and I gave it a 7.5. And then later I'm like, that's actually like a 5. So I don't know what I was agonizing oh over. Oh my goodness. Wow. My number 4, let me make sure I actually mixed it up a little bit. Yeah. My number 4 is, it requires an expansion to have this, but it's super prevalent. That is Caverna, the Forgotten Folk. Um, so Caverna doesn't have these great player powers, but when you add the Forgotten Folk, it is, and Dean's never played Caverna. Um, it really wildly changes the game, and it definitely gives you, I can't wait to see, you know, what faction or whatever I'm going to get, and it wildly changes the kind of the direction that, you, that you're going to head based on, uh, different powers and stuff like that that you have. And, uh, Dean, you've got to play Caverna. Um, if you, anyone's out there played Agricola, any of those games, Caverna's really good. It could be overwhelming because there's a ton of buildings in the game, a little bit overwhelming for the first time you play it. But after you play it more, it's just, you know, Uva games just do that simple, you place your worker and just do what it says. Now, to be good at his games is very difficult sometimes. Right. But, you know, okay, I need to go get some wood. I'll go put it there and, and take it. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's it's really good. And I really, I do really recommend that expansion. I don't buy a ton of expansions unless I think it's going to dramatically change the game. Yeah. Um, or unless I've played it a million times and it's just kind of getting a little old and I want to freshen it up a little bit. This is one where I think it really changes the game and I really like it. The You talking about the expansion, we've talked about this before, but it makes me want to play it even more than I've wanted to play in the past. I, th- I think I would like Averna, but I think I would really I like really it with li- that I do. Expansion. I actually think that that should be that could be another one that you actually look at playing before you do your top 50. Um, I would say Anachrony first, but I have a feeling you like Agricola, right? You're just not crazy about it. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I mean, that was like a seven, seven and a half, I think, yeah. or maybe six and a half. I can't remember. but And you like Fields of Arl. 
That's my uh, favorite. Is yeah. that right? I think that's right. I was like an eight and a half on that one, I think. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. Anyway, I, I do want to try this, especially with that that aspect of the game. Yeah, it's good. All right, my number three is your number five, you think? Um, Does it start with an S? This is not on your list. Scythe is not on your list, is it? No. Okay. Okay. Scythe is is on my list. That's a good, that's that was a that was that was a borderline one for me too. Yep. Scythe is a game that I absolutely love. I will say this is one that could have been lower. Like I considered putting this at number 5 because that aspect of the variable, you know, you're you're starting off conditions is probably a little less exciting than those other two games maybe i got you maybe but i still really love i love the game obviously but i really love how much those factions change what you're gonna do like i can be you know I, i could be really exploring heavy in this game because of these factions that i have or i could really be coming at you bro like attacking you yeah like crazy or, you know, I could be building up cards. There's lots of different things that I can be doing based on what those are. And then with the expansion stuff in there, it changes that even more. And so I like that, especially the Invaders from Afar expansion that adds those factions. Is that the right one? I think that's right. That, that adds those factions that are um, even more diverse than, than the ones in the in the base box. So anyway, a lot of fun. Really enjoy Scythe in general. Boom, boom, but boom, I love that aspect boom, of it as well. Boom. In the base box. My number two, we're up to number two already, aren't we? Is I think your number one game is what I'm going to assume. Okay. So I'll let you go to your number two, which I believe is my number five. If we have this messed up. This is like a math problem. Well, so our next two games we're going to talk about are, well, you have my number one. one, It has nothing to do with you. So you want me to talk about my number two? (laughs) This happens every time. All right. My number two is Tapestry. That's my number five. Which is another game from Stonemeyer Games, particularly. Wow, Stonemeyer knocked out two out of five for you, huh? Jamie Stegmeyer. This honestly probably shouldn't be much of a surprise for anybody. You know that Scythe and Tapestry are both a top top five games for me. Tapestry is is really interesting, and I think the the faction excitement excites me more in Tapestry than it does in Scythe. Like there's so many different starting civilizations that you can have and and your starting boards change things up too but there's you know there's a lot of change in strategy based on what civilization you start off with and i think that they're all pretty unique it's not yeah. like let, let me throw one example out there of one that i considered like terraforming mars would have been pretty close on my list i think probably probably top 10 but the starting corporations for me don't feel like radically different necessarily. I know people are screaming right now. Like that is a ridiculous statement, but for me, I feel like the tapestry civilizations feel a lot more unique. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? And that's not, I know I agree again. Terraforming Mars is probably like number six. It's one of the reasons it wasn't on mine. Like I don't, when I sit down to play terraforming Mars, there's a lot of different things going on. Like, I tried to pick games where it wasn't like, okay, now you can easier produce heat, you know, or something. And Anacrity is borderline that, but it's a little bit more. I kind of want ones where it's like, wow, this just... And, and I, maybe it's thematic thing, you know what I mean? Where I feel like it's uh, like I, thematically, like I can't wait to sit down and see what faction or whatever I get. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, and that's what I do feel like that with Tapestry. Like, I pulled it out... 
I soloed it during vacation, and it was really cool to think through. I'm military. I'm going to dominate you, or yeah. the futurists, or or whatever. And um, you know, sometimes it's just picking up a cube or something. It's not that gathering huge of a, a resource, deal, yeah. But it just feels like thematically, like it's important, and it is. Yeah, and it does change your gameplay, no doubt about it. And I do get. like that there are other. Th- factors in the game that add to that variable player power like yeah. your technologies that you gain that can give you bonuses throughout the game and and I, I like that yep i think it's good so anyway that's why tapestry is my number two okay so we are at i didn't talk about my number two i'm at my number one and, and your number five right tapestry was your number it was five. my number okay. five yeah so it's go. i started right so my number one is terra mystica just, let's go right out there and throw it out terra mystica is just absolutely fantastic the factions play way different um, you know, in, in the, in the way that you, what do you call that? Trans, what trans, you know, whenever you're changing the, I can't remember what the actual term is Terra, when you terraform, we actually just is it mentioned terraform. It. Yeah. I was I, like, I want to say transmute or something like that, but that's not right. I think it's just terraforming. I thought that, okay, whatever. But the way that you do that with the different, like even though every faction does that, depending on what faction you are, it's easier to do certain types, right? And so you have a lot of pieces like that that weave in and out. There's certain um, powers that you have that are really, really wildly different, even different things that you can unlock on your player boards. And when I sit down, I I just love Terra Mystica. I love the battle back and forth. Um, I love the player interaction. I love all of that in the game. Um, just an absolute classic that's fantastic. Um, and every time I sit down, I'm excited to explore or to, you know, revisit, you know, some of these things that maybe I haven't, you know, played in this faction in a year, you know, and it's like, I get to almost explore it again. It's so cool. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, it is, is, I think it is terraforming. Okay. I think that people would be upset if this was not on one of our list. <laughs> this is, I would say Terra Mystica would have made my top 10. And this is a great pick just because yeah. it, it, it like really defines what I, we were it was, talking it about. It was my number one immediately. Like I didn't even think, have to think about it. Yep. Or really wrestle back and forth. Um, you know, I mean, if we were just talking about, here's a list of these games that I talk about, which one's my top, I might wrestle with, do I like Anachrony or Terra Mystica better as a game? But for this list, this is... Like hands down, my favorite. And some people are going, "No, Gaia Project, Gaia Project." And I go, "Eh, like I played Terra Mystica before. I like the theme. I like some pieces to it better. I know the board doesn't change every single time and stuff, but I'm just gonna say, my wife and I definitely prefer Terra Mystica. So in your face. Oh, here he goes. There you go. And, and if, if you, you like Gaia, you here like, we go. Here we go. If you don't like what I'm saying, in fact, I sold Gaia Project. How about that? Like, I got it, and I was like, eh, Terramisca killed it before it even appeared. So if somebody's sitting at that? this table with you right now, and they're like, I like Guy Project better, what are you, you going to tell them? I'll kick them underneath the table. <laughs> That's, you're very violent I'll about say, your opinions. Say, get out of here right now. My number one. I never do violence, <laughs> and I'm not violent. I'm, that's an obvious joke. I, I, I would say that. It's not obvious to the guy with who just my, kicked under With the my table. friends, I'm in the minority on that, I think. I think more people that I know would say that they like Gaia Project better and totally understand. I really like Terra Mystica, but yeah. I have not played Gaia Project. The cult track and stuff is just better. and I just like it better. It's simple and anyways, whatever. Go ahead. Okay, that is your number one. one. My number one and John's number three. Four? Three. Three. Three is Root, which is another one that seems like a... No, my number two. Your number two. Okay. Sorry. 
So my number one, John's number two, which is uh, Root, seems like that would be a maybe kind of a no-brainer as well to be on this list because such a good game. You're playing with asymmetric factions. You are racing to thirty points, and you do that by a lot of different ways. And there is four factions. Is that yeah? Four factions in the base box. There's a few expansions out there that each offer two different um, factions in there, and you're just doing lots of different things. Like yeah. you might be, you know, trying to just um, program your board. Like you might just be programming your board to be able to take different actions. You might be taking actions that also feel very different than the other actions that people are taking. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about this is there's a lot of cool things. One is it feels very tense because it's this race to 30 points and those races can be really tight sometimes. The player interaction is really heavy in this game, but I think that it's just, it's such a unique design, especially when you talk about how those factions interact with each other and how they seem to be very balanced in my experience with, with, you know, anybody has a chance to win this, no matter what faction you're playing with, but they all play so differently. And I just, I love that a lot. I think you mentioned it earlier in the episode, but when someone hears asymmetric, when I hear it, that's the first thing that comes into my mind. Is yeah. Root. Like I'm just, it's just, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Do you agree or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like for some reason it's just like that's and I think that it's really helped to maybe expand more games to do that. It wasn't the first, but that's for darn sure. No, it wasn't, but and, and even like the first by that company, you know, Vast did that. Yeah. First, but I think that I I like the idea that that more and more companies like Final Frontiers are going to make more games like that 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 offer very very different gameplays depending on which faction that you're sitting down and playing with. Yep. I like that a lot. So anyway, that is Root, and that is our top five variable player power games, specifically games that offer that change at the beginning of the game. Yep, and I like those games. Yep. There we go. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and say there are a few others that I left off my list. Do you have any honorable mentions that you have? There's actually oh, a, my um, list was getting really long. I, I, I say one, and you'll probably mention some other ones. I say Clans of Caledonia. Okay. I like that game quite a bit. Just one. Yeah, because I don't know. I just I don't rattle those off. I guess I mean so Terraforming Mars. You probably mentioned some, yeah. Zombicide was one that could have easily made that along with Project Elite. Small World is, you know, this in spades. So anyway, that's a ton of games that fall under that category. Yeah. Ready to wrap up episode number seventy nine? Wrap it up. Tell them how they can get in touch with us. No, you wrap it up. Okay. Well, if you're uh, enjoying our podcast, Dean mentioned earlier, we'd love for you to write a review and no pressure, but a funny review would be even better, huh? Something worthy of reading on the radio. And if you're not writing reviews because you're worried that it's not going to be clever enough, don't worry about it. Just do a review. Yeah. Listen to John's jokes. Yeah. So I don't know. If you want to support us on Patreon, as Dean said earlier, you can go to patreon.com slash MeepleTown. We're at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. You like how we we tidied this whole episode up? We started talking about variable superhuman powers from getting struck by lightning and then Merchant's Cove into... What would be your superpower? Just straight up. Not We're not talking about lightning strike. Like, oh, Dean, it. you have one superpower. You've asked I, this before. Yeah, well, I'm asking you again. But you know what I'm at, you know, telling you right now? You have one minute to choose. Flying. I think that's just about everybody's, isn't it? Almost. I guess. Flying would be killer, wouldn't it? But you have to be flying fast. Like, I want to be able to, like, 
you know, get from one side of town to their side of town in like a few minutes because I'm just soaring through the air. But, you know, we don't ever factor in airplanes because you could get hit by a plane. You could. That would not be pleasant. That's right. So maybe your super Or birds, would be would, you know, you there's would, birds and you might get smacked in the face with a bird. Maybe teleportation. That'd would, be a better option. Would you get glasses that had windshield wipers on them? I would look like Falcon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that would be you just, my You said that quick. My outfit. You really like Falcon, huh? I mean, I've really thought through this. Oh, wow. 